0: Sponsorship of the KQED live audio stream comes from Xfinity Mobile, featuring customized wireless plans. Customers can choose unlimited, buy the gig, shared data, or a mix of both and switch it up anytime. Learn more at XfinityMobile.com. Please note, this podcast is a little racy in spots, so if you have a delicate constitution and choose to continue listening, good for you. (laughs) Um, my name's Meg Tilly, and I'm going to be reading today from my new novel, Gemma. It's a story of a child abduction. I'm going to be flipping back and forth from both points of view, 12-year-old Gemma and Hazen Wood, the 36-year-old man who abducts her. I'm going to be starting with Gemma. Um, Hazen previously was, uh, set up with Gemma with Buddy, her mother's boyfriend, and, um, She didn't know. She thought she was going for a waitressing job, but it wasn't. Uh, He had sex with her back at his apartment and has been stalking her. He's become obsessed with her. So um, he's been showing up outside her school, combing the playground. He's been calling her house incessantly. Another uh, thing that's happened is Gemma has used her money to buy a pet turtle, which she's named Boxcar Julie. And she loves this turtle. This turtle means the world to her. She's in her bedroom now with boxcar Julie. And um, her mom and Buddy, her mom's boyfriend, are fighting. Um, She wants to get some food because it's quite late and she's really hungry. But she doesn't want to go in the kitchen where they're fighting. So she's hoping that they're going to be done soon. I'll start with Gemma. Ten o'clock and they're still at it. Seem to be winding down, though. She's not screaming anymore, not throwing things. Crying now, that's what she always does at the end of their fights. Great, noisy, heaving sobs. That's what she does. Mucus-filled, sloppy, drunk, slobbery sobs. Hope the neighbors can't hear. Hungry. Really hungry. Oh, shoot, now they're doing it. I'm never going to get my dinner. My belly's hurting. It's all squeezed up and angry with me. Maybe I should go to Burger King. It's only three blocks away. Shouldn't go out at night, not by myself. It's not a very safe neighborhood. Okay in the day if you know where to go, but at night, <laughs> only three blocks away though. Could run. Could bring boxcar Julie, then it wouldn't be so scary. Wrap her in some toilet paper so she won't get cold. She'd probably like to see it. I bet she's never been to Burger King before. Hmm. I'll wait five minutes and see. Maybe they'll move into the bedroom. He waits. He is patient. Drove the last block with his headlights switched off, rolled up outside her house, soft and silent like a Batmobile. He sits in his car, Engine off, sits in the darkness, half slid down. Sits low, waits, watches, willing her to come out. Elton John's tiny dancer running through his brain, humming it out soft, pads of his thumbs beating out the rhythm on his steering wheel. And he's got an excitement in his belly, like right before a big date. Come out, baby, he whispers. Come on. And she comes like he's got a direct line to her brain. She comes not out the front door, though. She comes out a window, her bedroom window, maybe one leg first, then the other crouching for a moment on the window sill, then swinging her body out over, hanging on the ledge, dropping to the ground old hat like she's done this a million times before. And he's glad to see her, but he's pissed, too. "'Who's she sneaking off to fuck?' he thinks, "'slinking further down, heart racing, slinks further. "'Not sure what he's going to do, "'and he can hear her footsteps coming closer and closer. "'And to tell the truth?' he's not sure really what happened next, how it all happened. He's there bent at the waist, head lying on the seat of his car, listening to her shoes reach the pavement, and the next thing he knows, he's out of the car. His coat somehow found its way off his body, over her head, and she's kicking and screaming and scratching, and he doesn't know what to do next, but she's making a hell of a lot of noise, so somehow he gets the trunk open, gets her inside, slams the lid down fast, accidentally bangs her on the head with it, doesn't mean to, but she's moving so fast, clambering up on her hands and knees, had to slam it down fast hell with all the noise she's making slams it down fast, hops in the car drives away, drives away heart banging like a red brick in a dryer now what, he thinks now what but he doesn't know so he just keeps driving her making little scrabbling whimpering noises scuffling around in his trunk Julie fell out of my pocket she, she must have fallen out when old fuckface here threw me in the trunk, because I, I, I can't find her anywhere. M- must have fallen out then. Stupid old asshole. Knew it was him. Knew it was him, even though I couldn't see a damn thing, that stupid, stinky coat over my head. Stupid dick face. I knew it. I shouldn't have come out. What, what am I going to do now? What's Julie going to do? What does she know about city living? I never should have taken her with me. That was stupid, dumb. She didn't need to see Burger King. And now what? Now what, Mrs. Smarty Pants? What's she going to do? Crawling around the streets at night? Who's going to feed her, take care of her, keep her safe? And I made that nice home for her and everything. What if a car runs over her or or a cat eats her? What if Billy Robinson finds her in the morning on his way to school? (laughs) That would be bad. That would be really bad. I, I'm not crying, because 'cause I'm scared. I'm not. I'm not scared at all, and that's a fact. I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm not really crying. It's just. It's. It's hard to breathe in here. It's dark. It's the darkest dark. Like I'm. I'm drowning in ink. That's all. It might seem like I'm crying, but I'm not. I'm not scared. I'm just. It's just that I. I'm worried about Boxcar. all that—that's what I'm crying about. That's—that's that's why I'm crying. I'm worried about her. <laughs> I hope he doesn't kill me, stupid jerk. Hope he just does me, lets me go. Hope that's all he wants. <sighs> I should've answered that phone. Better now. Stop crying. Stop crying now. <laughs> kind of embarrassing. I let myself go like that. Get out of control. Don't usually do that. Not not a crybaby. Better now. I got a plan. A good one. See, I'm being real quiet now. So he'll think something happened to me that I'm dead or asphyxiated from lack of air in the stupid stinky trunk. So I'm being quiet now. Not moving. Barely breathing. He'll, he'll think I'm dead or asleep or something. So... When he comes to the trunk, he'll be off his guard. When he comes to the back, opens the trunk, at first, I'm going to lie, real still, pretend to be asleep. I'm, I'm good at that. had lots of practice with Buddy. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes he just wants to pussy. It doesn't matter if I'm asleep or not. But that's enough of Buddy. This is what I'm going to do. Hazen opens the trunk. I pretend I'm asleep. Pretend I'm asleep to catch him off guard. Then, when he's least expecting it... I'll jump out of the trunk, quick as a wink, and run, run fast, get away. I'm, I'm a good runner, see, one of the fastest in my class. I'll get away, see, I'll run like the wind. I'll get away from him, far, far away. He ran her down three times, three times before she finally stopped running. Ran her down, hit the ground hard, him on top of her, falling on her body, falling on her soft Fragile body, her sweet, tender body, falling on her, pinning her down with all of his man weight, pinning her down, her, wanting it so bad, she's panting like a cat in heat. (laughs) Cute how she kept trying to get away. Wouldn't stop running, even though she knew, had to have known he was going to run her down. Made him feel powerful, made him need to fuck her. Morning sun just rising, not there yet but almost, everything painted in gray, gray, charcoal, black silhouettes, everything gray but her, one vivid splotch of color, cold, could see puffs of steam escaping from her mouth as she gasped for air, chest heaving up and down, had to have her, dust, grit, grinding into her hair, had to take her out on that abandoned road, her fighting and cussing, her screams... Breaking that waiting, still silence of the wilderness. So beautifully isolated, her cries, echoing, reverberating off the rocks, the trees, bouncing, ricocheting off them like some kind of wild mating cry, some kind of beautiful love song on a National Geographic show. Primitive, beautiful, did her again and again until she stopped fighting him, stopped biting and screaming. Just quiet sobs of relief and acquiescence. Beautiful. He had done it right. This next piece I'm going to read uh, takes place a few days later. Uh, They've been on the road for a while. Uh, Gemma's in the trunk of his car. Wonder if my mom misses me. If she noticed I'm gone. I wonder if she noticed box boxcars gone, too, that we're both missing. Is she, is she looking for me? Has she told the police? Are, are they looking for me, too? Wonder if Buddy's going to tell her what he was doing to me. Wonder what she'll say, if she'll be mad at me, want me to stay gone. Hope he doesn't tell her. Hope he keeps his stupid mouth shut. I wonder if he'll stick around, stay with her now that I'm not there for his own personal entertainment. Wonder, wonder if Buddy told her about Hazen, that, that maybe it was Hazen that took me. I wonder if it's sunny, if the skies are blue, or maybe there's a storm rolling in, a fierce thunderstorm with rain and lightning. <laughs> I love storms. Makes me feel all wild, excited like a daredevil, no fear. I'd run out barefoot, no coat, no umbrella. (laughs) I say that like I got an umbrella. I don't. But if I did, I wouldn't bring it outside, not in the fierce, beautiful raging storms. I'd only use it on the dainty drizzle days, and it would be red, a beautiful pomegranate red. And I'd be all elegant like those prize show horses you see on TV, you know, the ones with pretty ribbons and braids in their hair be all refined and graceful. I'd walk like they do, picking up my feet like I was a fine lady, and I'd twirl the handle. Not not much, just a little, so the umbrella would spin like those, those fancy ladies in those old-time musicals. That's what I'd do. But in those dare-you-dance storms, in a wild midnight raging storm, no umbrella for me. I'd just run out and dance, dance with the gods, dare them to take me, make me fly, fly away on one of their magnificent thunderbolts. Ah, I wonder if a storm's rolling in. Miss the sky. Miss breathing in long and deep. In this trunk before it's light only let out when it's night again. Won't even let me out to pee. Gave me a dumb old mayonnaise jar. Now how am I going to use that with my stupid hands tied? It's hard to do, I'm telling you. Real hard. Slops on me and everything smells like pee. I hate this trunk. Stupid, stinky old dick face wonder if it's Halloween yet. wonder if it was fun. Probably going to be too old next year. Depends if I grow. People tend to give you dirty looks if you go trick-or-treating when you're too old. I'm lucky I'm short. Wasn't sure if I'd go this year. It was touch and go. Drank a lot of coffee and it did the job. Was going to be able to squeak one last year out of trick-or-treating. One last year of free loot. Stupid dick face. Ruining my last chance at Halloween. Stupid pig. Hate him. Really hate him. Wish I could see the sky. She snuggled up next to him, crying out in her sleep, bad dream, another bad dream, and he comforted her, stroked her as her body trembled from her night terror. He held her, his little Gemma, comforted her, let her know she was safe in his arms. Saw my mama on the TV crying. Buddy was holding her hand, looking all sincere, stupid jerk. His fault I'm in this mess. His fault shopping me out. Wonder if he told them. Wonder if he told them what he knew about Hazen and all. Wonder if he told them. Probably not. Probably just interested in his own skin, two-faced jerk, standing there looking so concerned. Saw my mama crying on the TV And the announcer's talking about saying something about an epidemic, something, something, teenage runaways. Not sure quite was the tail end of his sentence. Wanted to watch, but Hazen flipped the channel, flipped it fast, ears all red. One, two, three channels, turned it off, paced the room a bit, and then bam, no more TV, no more room. Didn't even get dinner, just threw me in the trunk again, and off we drove. Had to camp out that night, camp out in the woods, kept me in the trunk. G- gave me his jacket, though. That that was nice. Gave me his jacket to keep warm. Camped out in the woods. Coyotes howling, circling. Safe in the trunk. Knew that, but still I was scared. Scared somehow they'd find a way to eat me and I'd never get home. Just end up a pile of old bones, gnawed clean, all the flesh ripped from them. An unrecognizable pile of bones. And my mama... Mrs. Moore, Mrs. Watson, the kids at school. None of them would ever know what happened to me. Gemma, I'd just be these old bones rattling around until those two got chewed up and gone. And I got sad thinking about this. Got sad. Got a powerful wave of homesickness. Wanted my mama, my my home, my bed. Wanted it so bad. Um, thank you for listening. To, to subscribe to The Writer's Block and hear more stories, visit www.kqed.org slash block. Thank you. The Writer's Block is produced by KQED. <laughs>